Amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? It's so good to see you this morning. Welcome. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us online. We're glad that you're with us today. I believe God has great things for us. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say this. Say, the life of God dwells in me. And the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. God has given you the victory, even as Alan was saying. Sometimes it doesn't look like it to us. We, we look around us. We encounter circumstances that may look like life is winning. But the Bible tells us that if we'll receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of God's grace, we will reign in life through Jesus Christ. And so that doesn't mean that circumstances won't come against us. But as we begin to look at those situations and understand that there is a grace, there is an ability and an influence that comes from God that we access through faith in Him. Amen. And there is a righteousness that we're no longer held back by the things that we've done and the guilt and the shame of that, but we have been joined to God in a right relationship, the relationship that He desired from the very beginning. And in that relationship of creation, He gave them power and authority and dominion in the situations of life. They lost it because they made a decision to go away from God. But he made a way for us to come back to him. And in those decisions really uh, uh, begin to flourish in life. And move through difficult situations with power. Because they're going to come. There's an enemy out there that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life in the midst of that. Life in the midst of that. Nothing makes the enemy Uh, more angry than when he thinks he's got you and you stand up and praise God and confess God's word. Instead of what's going on, you begin to praise him for what he has done. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Before we get into the word of God today, I just have some things that I want to talk to you about. There's really, um, uh, it's it's a special day for me. I think it is for the church, but today is uh, our 30th anniversary of pastoring New Creation Church. And I'll tell you that I've not, I mean, it's the greatest honor of my whole life that God would even count me worthy and call me into this ministry and put me with such an an outstanding group of people really throughout the years. And, you know, 30 years ago, we started with an average attendance of about 70 people. We were $22,000 in debt. And God has done some amazing things through all of you. You know, a couple of Sunday nights ago when I was taking up the offering, I, I made this statement. And, and uh, you know, there's so many times where people, you know, they're, they're not sure about, you know, uh, growing financially uh, and those things. But, uh, and I, I made a misquote because I was looking at a lot of figures at the end of the year and all that stuff. And so I'll give you the exact figure. But uh, just because of your generosity, we came from that place of, of looking to see if we could pay our own rent and be able to have a, a service together to uh, last year between missions, ministries that go out all throughout the world, and benevolence, you all gave $386,000 to the gospel going into all the world. And so even as uh, Pastor Tasha 
announced and uh, said, you know, there's things going on in Romania and we have connections there. So as the Ukrainians come, the refugees come, there is help for them and we can get involved in that. And when you guys see an opportunity to get involved to help someone, to help something that's going on, you know, years ago there was an earthquake in Nepal and we were able to get involved. Tony was even over there during the earthquake, uh, ministering, having Bible school. We were able to help in that situation. So there are situations that there's tragedy, but every single day those missionaries are working and you guys help to support them even on daily basis. And so, uh, you know, great things have happened. And uh, really uh, one of the greatest honors that I have in, in times of celebration, but yet uh, awesome humility is really to look around and see what God has done in the lives of people and what he's done really to establish a base here of operations so that we can see the gospel go into all the world. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody called me and said, can we come and, and see you? And I said, well, we're, we're going to be leaving. We have to go to a, a meeting here. And they said, well, we'll come this afternoon. And so uh, I said, okay, that's great. I'm open this afternoon. And so family came in, <clears throat> handed me a piece of paper. Uh, they said, well, we wanted to give you this piece of paper uh, because we heard something's in the mail, but we want you to know before it gets here in the mail. And so I opened the letter and... Uh, they gave an offering, and uh, just to tell you this, that we are all paid for. Everything is paid for. Praise the Lord. Everything is paid for. All of the buildings, all of the property, all of the debt is paid for. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We honor you. We magnify you. We praise you, God, for all that you've done, all that you're doing. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What? You couldn't hear what you said. You couldn't hear what I said. No. There was shouting, and I couldn't hear you. I said, praise the Lord. I said the check came in, and the amount of that check caused us to be able to pay for everything. Everything is paid for and more. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so you know that Alan has been saying week after week that uh, we call New Creation Church all the property, everything paid for and more. And so uh, sometimes people don't think that's significant, but many times what's going on, you think, well, that's no big deal. But there's a lot of things that take place. We said, you know, not knowing that 2022 is a year to carry it through, to carry things right to the end. This is one of those things that I believe is going on. It's going to empower us to to do more and to be established. Um, We're we're just looking forward to it. Um, You know, somebody called and said, what next? And, uh, you know, there's certainly a number of things that we're going to continue to do. We're going to... We're going to give and we're going to uh, support. There's things that we can do. We've looked at before and weren't able to make a move on because of, you know, we, we had debt, uh, but doing things in the community and some things like that. And so, uh, man, I'm just, I, I just have to tell you that, you know, that's, that's something that's big that uh, being able to announce that after 30 years and on our, our birthday and really, um, you know, I say that what we began, Tasha and I began that journey pastoring. Many of you started that with us, which is amazing. You know, last year we celebrated 40 years as a church, and we just happened to be able to come in on that 
Um, you know, and, and thank God for, we're talking about foundations. Thank God for good foundations. Craig and Sharon laid a good foundation established on faith and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we were able to come as we're talking about your life and my life and the church continue to build upon that. And, uh, you know, I, I, we've been through tragedy and triumph together. Seriously, if you've been here, you know, some people just think, well, you all just think everything's going to be rosy. Faith isn't something that just makes everything go away. Faith is in God is something that we embrace when tragedy takes place. And so often people say, God, why did you let this happen? They get mad at God. But really, there's an enemy out there to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's not a great time. I mean, we do it, and I'm not, not bringing uh, anything wrong with anybody. I'm just trying to help us to understand that's not the time to say God and get angry. It's the time to say, I know that this is not how God you designed it, and embrace faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As hard as it may be in tragedy and all the questions begin to loom, it's a great time to say, God, we believe you. And what Jesus did for us is going to help us, strengthen us, move us through difficult times. And we've been through some difficult times. We've been through tragedy together. We've been through loss together. But we've also been through triumph like this. We've been through times of great uh, uh, rejoicing in what the Lord has done. We've seen dynamic healings. We've seen people pass away and go to be with the Lord. I mean, those seem like diametric ends of the spectrum. We've seen, uh, you know, where we couldn't pay the bills to the fact that we're paid for. Diametric ends of the spectrum. But it doesn't matter whether we were in debt. We were praising God. And we're praising God for what he's done. In the midst of somebody being healed, we praise God. In the midst of somebody losing their life and going to be, we still praise God. You say, why would you? Because he is the one who brings salvation. He is good all the time. He is good all the time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our circumstances aren't the same yesterday, today, and forever, but Jesus is the same in the midst of our circumstances yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can rejoice at something that God is doing right now, even if there's things going on around us in the world, we can rejoice. Why? Because he's the same. And tomorrow it might seem like nothing is going on in the world, but he's the same. We still rejoice. And there is a consistency to that from the inner man. The outer man gets hammered sometimes. The emotions in the mind just get hammered with distraction and confusion and and, and hurt and wounds. But the inner man rises and it's the strong spirit of a man or woman that sustains them in bodily harm and trouble. And so we can dig down and look down on the inside where the spirit of God is living and moving and teeming on the inside of us to bring life and to bring us overcoming power to cause us to have victory in Christ Jesus. Jesus, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Listen, if there is no battle, there is no triumph. If there is no challenge, there is no victory. He didn't say nothing would happen. Nothing would ever challenge you. Nothing would ever hurt you. He said in the midst of that, there is something that rises because of redemption and the life of God on the inside of you that sustains you, that holds you, that raises you up and causes you to stand strong even in the midst of it. When you feel like I can't stand any longer, there's something from the inside, not the outside. The pressure's coming from the outside to make you collapse, but there's something on the inside 
that causes you to stand up and say, not here, not now. My life, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, you might have come to destroy this, but I've given it to God. And it belongs to Him. Come on. It's not a, you know, it's not a bad time. It's a good time. We go through bad times. Amen. We go through bad times. I've been there. Right? We've all been there together. Lost people close, not, don't know why. Can't understand all that. But what we do know is God's good. Amen. God's good all the time. And so it's just, you know, it's just an honor and it's a privilege. I mean, I was thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks because we knew that we were going to have it paid for. And, and uh, Tony Cook was here last week. I was going to announce that, but didn't want to take away from his ministry and then really kind of figured it all out in my brain. Like, what, a, what an honor to be able to announce that all uh, at the same time. Uh, I'm able, you know, just to, to praise God and thank God. Truly humbled. I mean, we celebrate, but there's probably, I mean, there's just a few things that are so humbling. But to see a family come in and, and uh, do that is, you know, it's just so humbling. It's, it's really, truly humbling to say, you know, we're, we're going to thank God. We're going to rejoice. We're going to shout. But at the same time, what do you say? You know, thank you never seems like enough. Thank you never seems like enough. And really, I say that today just for all of you that are here, all of you that have been with us, some of you are watching right now. I mean, thank you doesn't ever seem like enough. But thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done for us, for the vision of New Creation Church, for sticking with it through triumph and through tragedy with us, walking this out together with us every single day. I'm humbled whenever I think about it. When I stand up here on Sunday morning and look at your faces and get to greet you, sometimes I don't. I only get to greet one or two and everybody else is moving out. But I think what an honor and what a privilege. I remind myself of that, you know, at times when there's frustration. God, what an honor and a privilege to be right here in this place with you all for all these years to see what God has done. To look at those babies being born, three of them, and go, man, the church is growing like crazy. <laughs> no, just to see generations coming up, families still serving God. It's just an honor and a privilege, and I, I thank you. I know that's not enough, really, for what we've done, what you've done for us in, in helping and serving. I mean, we, didn't, we did not get here all by ourselves. There's no way. For everybody who's served, everybody who's been in leadership on staff, everybody who's washed the toilets, everybody who's vacuumed the floors, everybody who's greeted people at the front with a smile, everybody who's helped people park their cars and smiled at them, everybody who's led a lesson, everybody who's led a department. I mean, it's just so honoring. You, you take out of your time and you serve God with it. It helps the vision grow. And many of you are here today and have received Jesus Christ because others served, others heard, others prayed for you, others shared the life of Jesus with you. No matter what you're going through today, which we know some are celebrating 
great things and some are navigating difficulty in their life. Some are navigating the challenges of the the, the economy or whatever's going on in there. As Alan said, you know, our faith really sustains us. But we are praying with you. We spend time praying every day for you. God's hand would be upon you to protect you, but to also lift you up and guide you into those places because we're all really in this together. I know sometimes you don't feel like that we are, but there's things that are going on. There's prayer that's going on. And we're appreciative of that. And so, um, you know, I just can't, can't say enough and thank you is not enough, but I do thank you for really allowing us um, 30 years to, to pastor you and do a really, I believe, I hope that we are truly fulfilling the will of God in everything that he's called us to do and that it really only gets better, better from here and what God has for us because we call it paid for and more. So it's paid for. Now we get to see the more and believe God for the more uh, that he's doing. Amen. So again, your generosity, your faithfulness, and really all together, these, these large uh, amounts that have come in that have helped us with great steps over the years. God brings somebody uh, with larger amounts, but it was everybody doing their part over the years that helped us get to that point to where this amount caused us to get to that place. And so we're thankful for those who God's blessed that have opened their hearts and given a lot. We're thankful for people that gave what they can. Uh, So in every situation, people that give out of their resources give a lot. Jesus said that. Look Look at what's going on. People that understand out of a pure heart to give. So I believe that we've all done this together. I'm thankful and grateful just to have been here and been your pastor. Uh, I'm not resigning. That's not what's coming next. (laughs) Just if if you were wondering, I know some of you were hoping that we got this paid for because I said we're going to, we can't leave until we get it paid for to hand off to the next generation. But I don't see that coming. My, my youngest daughter, I didn't even tell her what the announcement was today. She kept coming in the back door. You're going to tell me, right? You're going to tell me, right? I said, no, I'm not going to tell you. And so finally she got nervous and she said, you're not leaving, are you? <laughs> and I said, well, I think that would be a family meeting uh, beforehand. But praise the Lord. Well, I want to just spend a couple of minutes uh, this morning and really didn't mean to take that time. And if you're visiting with us today, that's just some family business that I felt like was necessary for us to take take a, a hold of because you've been so many uh, faithful. And as Alan has shared every Sunday, you know, we're, we're moving towards that. And so uh, he says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that he who runs may read it because the vision is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will come and it will not tarry. And so it's been a vision and it seems like it's taken a while, but it came, did not tarry. And that's what you need to believe for your life as well. When God showed you something and it seems like it's taking a while, that it will come and it will not tarry. And we continue to run with it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, open your here in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. Like I said, we're covering some family business, but we hope that something as we were singing, uh, uh, praising God, sharing the word of God, that something here is ministers to your heart and life. If you're born again, you know Jesus, that, that it'll help equip you to share that love with others. If you don't know Jesus, that really you'd understand that he is so good, that he paid for your life to wash away your sin, your past And the things, guilt and shame, so that you could have a relationship with him and live life to the full in relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. Amen. Here in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, 
You need someone to teach you again the first principles, or we said, you know, the first principles are the fundamental principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is skillful, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use, everybody say reason of use, by reason of use. So there's one thing that we can just continually feed on or, or listen, but there's something he says there's solid food becomes when we are, as James says, we're not just hearers of the word and then we have to hear the word again. We're not ready yet and we hear the word again, but we're not ready. But all of a sudden we take the word and we begin to utilize it in our life, in our conduct, in our action, in our thinking, in our words, in the things that we're doing. We begin to see this is the word of God for us and it means so much to us that we have actually put it into practice, not religion, just hearing it and saying, well, that's for someone else or that's for times past or no, we take it and we know it's alive and it it has to do with our relationship with God. He's communicating to us, not only life, not only thoughts, but things that turn into life and action turn into life and action. When they turn into life and action, we begin to see the reality of the power of God to change things. Because we're not just thinking about them. We're not overridden with why doesn't this? Why isn't this? Or or, what's going to happen next? Or I don't know if I can do this. It's too hard. But all of a sudden begin to take a step of obedience, take a step of action and watch the power of God that is above your own ability begin to kick in and you find strength where you didn't. As the Apostle Paul said, I'm just going about serving God. And it seems like there's a messenger of Satan at every corner buffeting me, beating against me, doing that. And he said, God, I wish you'd just take this away. And God didn't say no. God didn't say, I'm not going to take it away. Actually, what God said, some people just like totally read and they put things in. God didn't say, no, I won't take this away. God actually said, I've done something that will give you victory over this messenger of Satan. Right? He said, I've given you grace that is sufficient to cause you to overcome this messenger of Satan that is buffeting you on a daily basis, challenging you on a daily basis, trying to undo what you're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God on a daily basis. My grace is sufficient. And Paul said, wow, at that revelation of the grace and the power and the influence of God, I glory in my weakness. I got quiet. So we haven't yet figured out exactly, and I say we, I didn't say you, I said we, haven't quite figured out that, how to glory in our weakness, how to glory in trouble. But Paul figured that out, and Paul had some trouble. I don't know if you know this or not, but Paul had some trouble. We think we have trouble, but Paul was taken out of a city and stoned and left for dead. Paul was shipwrecked, right? Yet he prayed and not one life was lost. Paul was beaten With 39 stripes, I think three times, and thrown in a prison that was just a hole in the ground. Yet he said, I glory in trouble. He said, I glory in my weakness. Why could he do that? How could he do that? Because he had a revelation that the grace of God wasn't just simply, oh, come on, I like you, I love you, and and everything's going to be all right. It was an empowerment 
to rise up even in the midst of trouble. And when he realized, wow, when I rely upon the grace of God, when I have faith in what Jesus has done for me and Jesus has shown me, there's something that rises up from the inside that no matter what somebody's doing or the circumstances doing from the outside, there's a grace working on the inside. And once he realized, wow, I can stand up in the midst of this, he said, I'd rather have the grace of God upon me any day than challenge this thing in my own strength. When we look at it, we, we, it's easy to see and say, I can't do this. But he said, if you'll put faith in me, there's a grace that will meet you and I will do this with you. And my grace will empower you to do what you could not do on your own. And there's really the only way to access that grace is through faith. And so he goes on to say this, very quickly, he said, by reason of use, he said, therefore, leaving the discussions of the elementary or the foundational principles or the fundamentals of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So we started talking about uh, the repentance of dead works. That means repentance is this. And so many people don't have that foundation even in their Christian life. They walk the front and say, Jesus, be my Savior, but they've never repented. What repentance means is a, a 180 turn, which means in your mind, in your thoughts, in your emotions. I just do my own thing, and I hope God will bless it. He says, no, you have to turn and know that your own thing and everything that you do, even though you could stock it all up and say, God, look what I have done. It won't amount to anything. But we turn and say, you know what? I can't do this. And so I turn and say, God, I need you. I need a savior. I need instruction to live life the way that you have designed, and I turn. And so we can't say, you know, we're going to be prosperous and successful just going our own way. Repentance means a turn from those things. And really, repentance, we talked about that, but I want to give you three things real quick. Repentance really comes from this way. You have to allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart. So in Acts chapter 2, Peter preached the gospel. Of Jesus Christ and how he died for their sin and God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says it, that, that word that Peter preached cut them to the heart. And when it cut them to the heart, they said, what do we have to do to be saved? And he said, uh, uh, what do I have to do to be saved? And, and he said, repent and be baptized and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that ministry, just like John the Baptist, just like Jesus' ministry started with repentance. But the people then, because it cut them to the heart, they allowed the word. They didn't have a hard heart and say, I'm not going to listen to that. I'll do it my own way. They said, we're, we're tired of doing it in our way. It cut them to the heart and they repented. And they received life and they received the Holy Spirit into their heart. Secondly, turn over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse ten. You have the Second Corinthians is Paul's second letter. In the first letter, they had things going on in Corinth, in the church in Corinth. They had sexual immorality going on. They had things that were going on in the in the church. Paul wrote to them. He said, "You have some immorality going on that they don't. I mean, in the world, they don't have that immorality going on. In one particular case, uh, a young man was sleeping with his father's wife." He said, you got stuff going on that the world doesn't even do. 
And so he chastised them in that first letter. And he comes back to this place where he says, you know what? Uh, man, I know I was hard on you. And, and uh, he was struggling with the fact that people, he knew that when they received that letter, that they would be grieved and stuff like that. But in verse 8, it says this, for even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it. You ever done that? Oh gosh, this might be too hard. But then he's going to explain why, even at first when he said, oh, why it didn't. He said, for I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. He said, now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. He said, you know what? There's a sorrow that says, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry I did this. But you keep on going down that road because there's not repentance. I'm just sorry. I wish I wouldn't have got caught. Somebody would fix this. Hope I get relief. But you never change, which is insanity. I keep doing things the same way I've always done them, but I'm hoping God will give me different results. He said, no, we turn from that. And even though, you know what, you hear something, and this is what we do in the church today. Just stay with me for a moment. We like, you know what, that was a hard message. I feel like everybody's judging me. I'm going to quit going. So you quit following God or you quit going to church and fellowshipping with believers, but you keep going the same direction in your thoughts and your actions. And they could have got mad and said, you know what, we're, we're never talking to Paul again. Paul was just judging us. But Paul wasn't judging them. He was judging the situation. And when they allowed that to come, not as judgment of them, but they looked at the situation and said, you're right. We want to serve God. And so we're going to stop living this way. He said, they turned from that. And you begin to look at Paul said, I rejoice because your life is totally different. The things that you're doing in the spirit are totally different because even though I challenge you and even though it caused you to grieve over it for a while, that grieving caused you to realize what we are doing is not right. We're going to turn from it. And that's a foundation that we can keep saying, I'm going the same direction. And all this stuff that that's being preached isn't true because my life is still having trouble, but we've never turned from key things to God and allowed him to work and to change in situations of life. The last thing in Romans chapter two, says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. So why does God want us to turn to him? Because when our life changes, the goodness of God. Other people know that we don't deserve all that God has for us. We don't deserve the goodness of God. But they begin to see us rising up. They begin to see the goodness of God. They begin to see us praying for them. They begin to see us uh, uh, rejoicing and praying and walking in love. And the things that are produced as we repent from our old way of thinking in our old life that God is producing on the inside of us. And they see that God is good. That's really what it's talking about in Romans. It says, don't look at people and say, oh, you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. Your life, you're never going to make it. He said, do you despise the mercies of God? He said, even as the mercy of God was shown towards you and you understand now salvation, do you think that God can't show that salvation to someone else? So you can't look and say somebody's hopeless. Somebody will never make it because you made it. And if God would do it for you, certainly he'd do it for somebody else. And so as we turn from that, 
We say, I'm going to just turn. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. He said, uh, uh, that repentance from dead works to faith in God. And that place of faith in God just means this simply. I totally 100% trust in you. I rest 100% on you and nothing else. 100% on you and nothing else. It's as if I had a chair up here today and I just went and sat down in that chair. I didn't put my hands down. I didn't figure out how to balance myself. I just sat down. That means from gravity, I put 100% of my trust in that chair to hold me up. As you let your life fall into Jesus Christ, you're not saying, okay, I'm going to balance. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm going to take care of myself a little bit here. I'm not going to quite sit down. I'm sitting. I'm sitting in Christ. No, you're not. You've got to let all of your weight, all the weights of your life, all the trouble, everything set on him. All of it set on him. And faith in Jesus is the foundation of everything that we have an expectation for in the future. It's the proof of the things that we don't see yet, but we know what he's done for us and we trust in what he's done for us to such a degree that we rest in him no matter all the storms that are going on, all the trouble that's going on, we know that he's good all the time, that every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. People will say, well, if he's good all the time, why is this bad happening? Because there's an enemy. Well, I don't have anything to do with the enemy. No, but the enemy has everything to do with trying to destroy your life. But Jesus came to give you life and give you life to the overflow. We turn to that faith in God. We'll pick up here next time because I believe it's very important, even though you might say, yeah, I'll skip that one. I know about faith in God. I'm telling you, any area of your life that you haven't totally, absolutely rested upon him, and then you tried to build from that, it's going to crumble. It's going to fall in the storms of life. So there's a lot of times people are building, and they're not building on that, and they're God, God bless it, but they didn't start in that area with faith in God. But when you have faith in Jesus Christ, to begin to build from any area of your life, build a family, build a business, build a, a marriage, you know, build a, a ministry that God's called you to. There's a lot of aspirations that we have. We're like, I'm going to do that. God's given me a vision. But you don't step back and say, I'm going to fully 100% trust in you. Things are not going to go right. I'm going to be challenged. Two becoming one is a challenge. Stepping out and ministering to people, whether you have the word of God or not, can be a challenge. Starting a business or, and having employees can be a challenge. Challenges are going to come, but if this is what you called me to do, this is what Jesus saved my life to do, I'm resting fully upon you. And then all of a sudden you build from that, and those storms come and they beat on that. It'll never knock that down. That area of your life that you're building from a firm foundation. And so often we see buildings built, lives built, and we're going, I'm going to do that. And we rush into it, but we didn't look and see what the foundation was. Oddly enough, you know, I don't know how many people are going to get there. Uh, Max sent me a picture this morning, two pictures of families that are already coming into the dormitories. So to circle around, you know, just what's happened in 30 years. Tasha said we took a team there. It's funny, we're talking about foundations. And I'm looking... 
Who went on? Did anybody here go on that trip with us? How many years ago was it that we went? Do you remember? It was a lot. 20? Who said 20? Ed. All right, Ed, I was looking for you. There you are. Yeah, so 20 years ago, we went to Romania when they just got that property, and we actually, our team, laid the first footers of those dormitories. The first footers of those dormitories. And they built on those footers, that foundation. And now they're housing refugees that are coming out of a war zone. And when we were there, they didn't do things like Americans, did they, Ed? And so getting that footer in that we got in in that week, it was raining, it was snowing, it was cold, the ground was muddy, the timing, our team, I was blessed, they did it all. I went to teach in Bible school, they worked till 10 o'clock at night, I think, in the cold, getting that in. Sometimes laying the foundation isn't fun. It's hard. It's, it, you're like, but you're laying it. But then when you look and see what God has done on that foundation, and now because that foundation and the foundation was built upon, it's able to house people in the midst of tragedy. Even so, as you build your life on a good foundation, as it says, and we go beyond that and build, people will be able to come into your life and take refuge in the salvation that you share with them through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together, God. We're so honored and privileged just for a moment to look back for a moment and then to look to this place and to see what you have done. And we can look with great testimony and say, if you did that to get us here, you're no respecter of persons. That each and every one that has faith in you. They may be starting and feeling that the debt is too big. The price is too large. There's not enough help to accomplish the vision that you put in their hearts, but you have proven even to us as a people that though there might be debt, no, though there might not be enough people to get a big vision accomplished, you can fulfill that which you promised. So I thank you, Lord that you're teaching us, reminding us. If we have a foundation in, we're doing a foundation check. If we've never laid the right foundation, we have an opportunity right now in these days to readjust and put our footings down and put a good foundation that from this place, we'll be able to build upon that as a church and as individuals something that we've not even yet hoped, dreamed, or thought of, but you have the blueprint to. So we give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up with me? Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.